0: Today on The Craft Room Podcast, let's talk about craft retreats. This is episode 21. Welcome to The Craft Room Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lewis, professional crafter, craft teacher and all-round craft enthusiast. This podcast will help you get great value from your craft supplies and perhaps help you discover new techniques, ideas and products to take your crafting to the next level. There is so much craft to talk about, so let's dive right in. Hello, welcome to the craft room podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today. If this is the first time that you're here listening, very special welcome to you. We are talking about craft retreats. I went on a craft retreat with my friend Marnie a couple of months ago. You met her back in episode five, where we talked about the top 10 things you need for quilting. I will link to that episode in the show notes for you. And it did get me thinking about all the amazing craft retreats I've been on, ones I would like to go on and the differences between them. Craft retreats come with different durations, different price points, different levels of structure, different accommodation, and you can expect a different experience from different types of retreats. So I thought we could have a chat about those. Let's start with number one, day tripping. The very first craft event I attended was a day event. It was International Scrapbooking Day and my friend invited me to a big Creative Memories event. It was held in a local community hall. We started in the morning, we finished in the evening. I travelled pretty light mostly because I didn't own many scrapbooking supplies at the time and I got to spend the day creating a few layouts for my family album. It was super affordable, around $20 or $25 for a full day with tea and coffee and lovely homemade cake and slices and snacks that all the consultants brought along and while a day event isn't exactly a full craft retreat it did provide a great location, plenty of parking, ample space to craft, snacks, tea which was very important and a whole day to craft uninterrupted by small humans asking for juice. It was the perfect starter event for me to attend and it really gave me a taste of the joy of crafting away from home. Number two, cheap and cheerful. I love me a cheap and cheerful craft retreat. For starters, there's a lot to like about the price point, And while the accommodation is usually quite basic, they are a lot of fun without totally breaking the bank. The very first craft retreat I went on was held over a weekend at a school campsite out in the bush. I was invited by the same friend, a Creative Memories Consultant, And it took a while, but she finally convinced me to scrape together the money and book a spot. My kids were really little at the time and I was desperate for a bit of a break. So I made it happen. It ended up being very fun. I met a bunch of new people. There was a lot of laughing, tea drinking and crafting. And I loved it so much. I actually went to three of those retreats. When you attend a cheap and cheerful craft retreat, there's a few things to know. Firstly, it has that lower price point because it is not going to be a five-star experience. Your accommodation, the food, the setup is all going to be quite basic. You just bring your stuff, do whatever you want, no schedule, no teachers, no workshops, just work on your own projects at your own pace. I love this kind of retreat because it allows me to wake up naturally. And when I had little kids, that was a serious luxury. I could work at my own pace on whatever I fancied on the day. I don't always necessarily want to take a class or follow a tutorial or have to work to someone else's schedule. Sometimes, you know, you just want to work on the things you're working on so you can achieve what you want to achieve. Now, let's talk accommodation at a cheap and cheerful craft retreat. They are often going to be at a school campsite, maybe a guide or a scout camping ground. And when I say camping ground, I don't mean tents. It's kind of dormitory style accommodation or rooms with bunk beds and foam mattresses. It's quite basic. I went to these types of retreats probably 16, 18 years ago. I was a lot younger and I was in better shape back then. So sleeping on foam mattresses and clambering about on bunk beds was a lot easier than it would be for me today. One year we got really smart and we had four of us in a room with eight bunk beds and we pulled all the top bunk mattresses down onto the bottom bunks and had very cushy sleep. So there's there's a hack for you right there. If you have one of those roll-up mattress toppers, that's a really good thing to bring along with you. Also check with the organiser to see, do you need to bring a sleeping bag or sheets? I always bring my own pillow. That's a given. It's also very likely to be a shared bathroom scenario as well. An ensuite would definitely put up the price, although sometimes it is an option. It depends on the campsite. When I was at our Cheap and Cheerful scrapbooking retreat, we had to go outside and wander down the walkway to get to the bathroom, which can be a little spooky in the middle of the night. Thankfully, we crafted until really late. So when we hit those bunks to sleep, we were just out. <laughs> Now let's talk about the working space. For me, a good retreat is on a relatively flat plot of land where you can just essentially pull your car up at the door, unload all the stuff out of the boot, set up at your table and just start crafting. A great craft retreat organizer will allocate an appropriate amount of space. And at this camp, we had a whole table each because when you are scrapbooking, you are spreading out. Sometimes there will be activities, but nothing too complicated. One year we had a bit of a competition. Every time you finished a layout, you got a mark on the board. That was the year I was actually really organized. I was doing my house album or the renovations we'd done and I was working with templates. Consequently, I was knocking over pages left and right. So I had a lot of points on the board. Sometimes there'll be quizzes a little prizes I give away during the day. But my favorite thing about this cheap and cheerful retreat was it was just a free for all. You could work on anything you liked. It wasn't super structured. You could work as late as you wanted to. You could get up as late or as early as you liked. You could go for a bush walk or you could just sit at your table and craft non-stop which is what I did. Uh, The food, it was basic, but it was really good. We had simple breakfast. There was morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, dinner, supper. Everyone brought snacks. It was a really beautiful community style event. I attended a lot of camps at similar locations as a child. My parents were often involved in running them, and it brought back a lot of awesome memories for me. I appreciate it may not be the same for others, and that's something you should take into consideration when looking at a craft retreat. If you had an awful experience at a school or a guide or a scout camp, or if the idea of shared bathrooms or bunk beds with foam mattresses and no structure in your day doesn't appeal to you, then maybe this isn't going to be your kind of fun. However, If there isn't a craft retreat like this nearby to you, then perhaps you could arrange your own cheap and cheerful craft weekend. A couple of years ago, my friend Marnie and I did exactly that. We took ourselves on a craft retreat. We were both working full time. We were up to our eyeballs in magazine commissions and trying to work out how to turn our patterns into PDFs. We were both surrounded by construction noise, me at home, her at work. We needed peace and quiet, no interruptions, just be able to think clearly and get some serious work done. So we booked a gorgeous Airbnb for a couple of nights. It was far enough away from home that we felt like we were away, but it was close enough that we weren't driving hours and hours and hours to get there. We chose this particular place that had two separate bedrooms, so we had one each. It was an incredibly quiet location. There was ample working space and we were really excited about getting away to this beautiful, quiet place. The real draw card was the massive island that separated the kitchen from the dining room. It was a really good place to lay out quilts and fabrics and come up with designs, do lots of cutting. We took our sewing machines, took all our fabric, notebooks, laptops, and we worked all weekend. The upside to this, it was super affordable. I think it cost us about $180 for both of us for two nights. It included Wi-Fi. There was heaps of fridge and pantry basics. Yeah, we had to take and cook our own meals, but we planned them out in advance. We cooked for ourselves. It was quiet. It was comfortable. We got heaps of work done. That said, the downside for us on this particular occasion was Unexpectedly, tradies turned up doing construction on the main house and it went on all day. So we had chosen this gorgeous, peaceful place, and the entire day on Saturday, there was this insane construction, which started up again ridiculously early on Sunday morning. Look, it wasn't the serenely peaceful getaway we'd hoped for. We had a really quiet day on the Friday and the evenings were beautiful, but the owners were fantastic. They actually refunded us most of our fee because the construction wasn't meant to be happening while we were there. Uh, So that ended up being a very, very cheap weekend for us. We still got a lot of work done though. Would we book that place again and go back? Absolutely. It was an awesome location for crafting. For us, it was more of a working weekend. But look, if you had a friend or a couple of friends and you're looking for an affordable crafting weekend, this is a great option. It doesn't have to be some professionally organized things. Grab your friend, book an Airbnb, go and sit and crochet and chat or embroider. Take your sewing machines, take your spinning wheel, whatever you're into, take it with you, sit and craft, binge some Netflix, take a bunch of DVDs or just totally unplug, listen to music, have a glass of wine, work on your craft, chat. And if you want to do it on your own, absolutely go for it. I've done that. I was in desperate need of a getaway probably about eight years ago now. I found a really cute little place and I went and stayed there on my own. There was no Wi-Fi. There was no mobile reception. I was completely unplugged for three days and two nights. I sat on the veranda and painted In the evening, I sat in front of the log fire and journaled. I sat in the bath and read a book with a glass of wine. It was unstructured, uninterrupted, unplugged, pure bliss. So cheap and cheerful can look like different things for different people. But if that's what your budget allows, then check it out. Number three, mid-range retreat. This one is kind of what I'd say the next tier up from Cheap and Cheerful It's what I like to call a mid-range craft retreat. This is going to have nicer accommodation, great food, possibly more people and usually a little bit more structure. A couple of months ago, I attended this fantastic sewing retreat, which was run by a couple of the other teachers from the sewing machine store where I teach sometimes. There were some similarities to a Cheap and Cheerful craft retreat, but there were also a bunch of upgrades. For starters, It was a lot more expensive than what I used to pay for a cheap and cheerful craft retreat. But that was for a good reason. Instead of kicking off on Friday night, we were set up and sewing before lunch on Friday. We stayed at Tocal, which is an agricultural college in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales. The weekend was really well organized. It was quite structured. There were lots of freebies and the food was amazing. Let's talk accommodation. Accommodation. I shared a room with my friend Marnie. We had our own ensuite bathroom, which was nice and roomy. The beds were incredibly comfortable. Overall, the rooms were simple, but it was still an upgrade from a bunch of bunk beds and communal bathrooms. We had a little fridge, tea and coffee making facilities. It was air conditioned. Look, Let's talk food. The food was amazing. Breakfast was simple in the little kitchen of the room where we were working, but then there was a the beautiful morning tea and afternoon tea provided by the organizers and some of the other women who attended. The lunch that the college provided was delicious and huge. They would bring it over from the dining room so we didn't have to take too much from of a break from working on our projects. For dinner we did go over to the massive dining room and the food was excellent big portions, eaten at big communal tables. It was really, really fun. Let's talk about the working space where we were sewing. Each of us was assigned a half a trestle table because when you're working with the sewing machine, unlike scrapbooking, I didn't need all that room to spread out. Half a table was really quite sufficient. There were several elevated cutting tables in the center of the room, at least three ironing boards around the edge of the room. I met some new people. I got to see some clever techniques. Also, as I'm a teacher at the store, occasionally people would come to me and ask for assistance or input. I helped to reverse engineer a reusable lunch bag. That was really cool. I'm actually going to make some myself. Sure, I didn't quite finish the project I took with me, but I was able to travel light. The workspace was well lit. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. There were around 26 ladies there, variety of ages, all different levels of experience everyone was working on different things. And we had some show and tell, which was actually a really nice part of the weekend. There was a bit of fun on the Saturday night. We did some fundraising, which I I knew about when I booked the retreat. We had raffles. There was a sale table. Uh, I did come very close to finishing my Mario quilt. And if I had not made a very silly mistake, I would definitely have been done. Never mind, I'm really, really close and I expect to have it done before Christmas. I'm really happy that I went. It was a wonderful experience. I was comfortable. I slept well. I met new people. I got a lot done, which was the aim of this retreat for me this time. Number four, high-end retreat. I've been to an amazing more high-end retreat when I was a member of the FDAA. That's the Folk and Decorative Artists of Australia, they hold these amazing annual retreats and they had a big price tag, but for very good reason. I loved it. I would go to one of these again in a heartbeat, even though I haven't painted for a long time. I love to paint. I really should paint more often because every time I do, I remember how fun it is. Anyway, at the time, I was doing a lot of folk art painting, it was my main focus, and I saved up really, really, I, I really saved so that I could go to this retreat. We were at a gorgeous boutique hotel in the New South Wales, Hinterland region. I think it's the furthest I've traveled for a craft retreat. And I carpooled out there with someone else. Then my husband bought my kids and they picked me up on the last day. That was really nice. I shared a room with a couple of friends and we had our own ensuite bathroom, mini fridge, tea and coffee. Very, very comfortable. For workplace during the day, we had a big light filled room few options where we painted. And one of the biggest differences was that meals were served in the dining room in a separate part of the hotel. The food was amazing. Honestly, I've never eaten at, at the time. I had never eaten so many restaurant quality meals in a single weekend before. It was really lovely. Here's the big difference for this one. During the day, it was not a free-for-all. You just bring any old project and work at your own pace. This was a structured event where you signed up for workshops. The teachers had to pitch their classes. All suitable classes were offered uh, and there was a minimum number of sign-ups required for that class to actually run. As an attendee, I knew what the workshop. Options were, and I was able to book them before the retreat. So during each session of the day, there were two, three, maybe four options that you could choose from. You could choose a technique or subject matter or teacher that appealed to you for each session. And I learned some really fantastic techniques, and I still have a lot of the pieces that I painted on that weekend. I specifically attended this event because of the workshops, because they gave me an opportunity to learn new stuff from a really good selection of teachers who knew their stuff. The teachers were paid per student who signed up for their workshop. And this is one of the things that made this more of a high end and more expensive retreat because they paid the teachers. It was tons of fun. I won something in a raffle, this beautiful hand painted Christmas sign, which I still adore and is still in my Christmas decorations. And the evenings were kind of for us to socialize and rest our eyes and our very weary painting hands. It wasn't something I could afford more than once when the kids were young, which is why I only ended up going to one of these. But I learned a lot. I made some beautiful things. I made some great connections and I'm very glad I went. Number five, conference. Look, there are still a couple of kinds of retreats that I would love to attend. And the first one is a conference. I am actually planning on attending my very first craft conference in a couple of months. I've wanted to go to this one for over a decade and this year when I saw all the photos and the videos I just decided that was it. I was going (laughs) so I am very much looking forward to attending Creativation in Phoenix, Arizona next year which is really close. It uh, kicks off with a couple of days of workshops and then it's three days of open floor. I get to meet a lot of the vendors so these are the people who I buy from for my online store. I am really looking forward to meeting the owners of the different brands that I stock like Lawn Fawn and Hero Arts and My Sweet Petunia and Tim Holtz. I'm also thrilled that Darkroom Door is going to be there, an Australian exhibitor. So it's going to be actually really nice to have a a friend uh, there in a place where I really don't know anyone. The workshops are going to be interesting because they're designed for store owners like me. So it's going to be part craft, but also part business, which I'm really looking forward to. I have never taken a big trip like this by myself and it's my first time visiting the USA. So I'm excited to do some other crafty stuff while I'm there, like visit uh, Joanne's Fabrics and Michael's and Hobby Lobby and a Walmart. I, I just have to see what the fuss is about. And I'm going to catch up with some USA based friends from my days when I was on the Kenny K stamps design team when I head to New York afterwards for a few days. So while craft conferences like the big conferences like this are really more geared for business owners and hardcore designers and design team members, this is something that if you aspire to be a design team member, perhaps you can qualify to go to in the future. Number six, craft crews. Oh, yes. Another style of retreat that I would really love to go on is a craft cruise. You probably don't know this about me, but I love cruising. I'm not even fussy. I love a basic P&O cruise. And where I'm going to me is so much less important than the fact that I'm going on a cruise. I love that there are tons of things to do, or you can just choose to sit and do nothing. So when people say to me, oh, you're going on a cruise, where are you going? My answer is, who cares? I'm going on a cruise. Um, I love cruising cruising darkroom door has run craft cruises in the past and frustratingly the stars haven't lined up for me to be able to attend one but it is on my bucket list i would also love to run a craft cruise so you know if you're out there and you work for a cruise company looking for a craft coordinator i'm just saying you should get in touch with me at dawnlewis.com.au wink No, really, I really would love to do that. I will also, in the show notes, link to an Australian-based craft cruise coordinator who I met at a craft show last week. And uh, she has some really, really cool craft cruises, not just paper crafting, not just stamping, there's quilting, a whole bunch. So check that out. I'll link to that in the show notes for you and over on the blog. Number seven, overseas craft tour. This last one is probably the most ambitious of all an overseas craft tour. I'll be honest, before I looked at this particular one, I'd had no desire to go to India, but Rachel Grieg from Darkroom Door, in conjunction with a really good travel agent, has organized a craft tour through India. Like, Like I said, I've never been bitten by the travel bug really, nor wanted to go to India. But when I saw the itinerary, the places they were going, the things they'd be doing, I was tempted. I mean, I was really tempted, But while I was thinking about it and trying to figure out if I could make it work, that tour sold out so fast. Uh, Some ladies from the FDAA that I knew created their own craft tour in Russia quite a few years ago when I was a member. It was really cool to listen to their stories, see all the photos, and they saw and brought back some beautiful folk art, like proper Russian traditional folk art. They learned some clever techniques, they brought home some beautiful treasures, honestly, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing about this Indian craft retreat that Rachel's doing. The photos are going to be magnificent. I'm just dying to see where they went. Maybe, maybe next time I'll go. Who knows? Who knows? Look, if you are considering attending a craft retreat, there are a few things that you're going to need to take into consideration. The first one is cost, and it's not just the cost of the retreat. Also, think about your travel costs, whether you need to purchase anything, especially for workshops or special projects that you want to work on. Also, remember, there may be a fundraising component to the weekend, like raffles or a sale table. You need to factor that in as well. There will be times in your life when you feel like it's just too decadent to go on a craft retreat. I know I was in that place when finances were really tight. And my kids were little. I got around that by selling some handmade scrapbooking embellishments on eBay and putting that money towards my first craft retreat. You could also do a little de-stash, sell off some of your stamps, your dyes, your tools, your embellishments, your fabrics that you no longer use. Or maybe when you're asked what you would like for Christmas or birthday, tell people you want cash to put towards going to a craft retreat during the year. And then make sure that you do put that money towards going. Do not let mum guilt make you spend that money anywhere else. At some times in your life, cheap and cheerful will be all that you can afford. But that doesn't mean you can't dream of a quilting tour of the USA or a folk art tour of Russia or a textile tour of India one day down the track. Dream big. Go where you can afford to go right now. The next thing to consider is what type of event you think you would enjoy the most. Would you prefer something where you're left to your own devices to work on whatever project your little heart desires? Or are you craving workshops where you can ask a lot of questions, learn new techniques from great teachers and walk away with a finished project? Would you like a retreat with lots of people or something small with just a few? Also consider, what do you want to get out of this retreat? Do you want to be alone or super social? Are you there to relax or work hard on a specific project? Are you there for creative freedom or to learn something specific? Do you crave a familiar environment or do you long for an adventure? If you're unfamiliar with the event, ask the organiser lots of questions and see if you can find some photos, videos, written reviews from previous events on Facebook or blogs, websites, YouTube, etc., In my experience, the more you put into a craft retreat, the more you get out of it. Check your budget, check your calendar and really ask yourself, what do I want from this event? My pro tip for craft retreats, no matter what kind, is to be prepared and get organized well in advance. It doesn't have to be months of planning, but if you're throwing things into a tub 20 minutes before you have to leave, chances are you're going to forget something important like your sewing thread or adhesive, acrylic blocks, crochet patterns, spare embroidery needles... Or you're going to take too much. About two weeks out from your retreat, start jotting down some notes for yourself about things you want to take, projects you want to work on. This is the time you buy your pattern, you print it out, you buy your yarn, thread, paint, papers. If you are scrapbooking, resize and print your photos. About a week out from your event, get specific. Start gathering the things you need into one spot so you're not packing in a mad rush at the last minute. A personal example, when I went to my last scrapbooking retreat, I knew I wanted to work on my house album and our Fraser Island holiday album. I gathered all the photos together into two big Ziploc bags. I pulled all the cardstock, pattern paper, embellishments, etc., that I wanted to use for my more eclectic house album. And I went shopping for a fully coordinating range for my holiday album. I drew up sketches of how I wanted the layouts to look. And I only packed what I needed to complete those albums. I did also pack my handmade Tear Bear box of goodies. So I had something to do if I completed the albums early. Tear Bears, that was a, a the handmade. Made embellishments I used to make. They were teddy bears torn from handmade mulberry paper. They were good fun, and that's what I used to sell on eBay to fund my crafting addiction. That meant I had just a small emergency box. If I finished both of those albums, then I still had something to do. The same for the sewing retreat that I attended at Tokal this year. My main goal was to complete my Mario quilt, so I made sure I had everything together well in advance. And in case I finished early, I decided to print out the pattern and do the fabric calculations for my next big sewing project, which will be a Minecraft quilt. I will link to the Mario quilt and to where I found the details for the Minecraft quilt in show notes and over on the blog as well, uh, just in case that's something that appeals to you. I went out, I purchased all the fabric and I packed it as backup. I figured if I finished the Mario quilt, I could at least start cutting squares for the Minecraft quilt. Okay, so I didn't finish, but at least now I'm organized and everything is together for the next project. If you're working on lots of small projects, start setting up kits. It helps you travel light. If I am going to a full day event or an evening or an afternoon event, I'll usually these days pre-stamp or print a bunch of images the day before. And then all I need to pack is my markers or my pencils and my stamped images. And I can just color to my little heart's content. Then I have a whole lot of pre-colored images that I can use on cards later on. Another good idea for your event is to work on card bases. And then later on, you can specifically find and color images that are going to go with those card bases. If you have a bunch of card bases already made, take them with you so you can color to match. You could use one of my free templates. Just print it off and take along some cardstock, pattern paper, adhesive, trimmer, make a bunch of cards to embellish later. I will link to those videos and those project sheets in the show notes. If productivity is not the aim of the game and you are there to be social, then you're going to want to set yourself up for socializing. Choose projects that are simple, take things that are a bit of a conversation starter take snacks. If you are sharing snacks with people on your table, you're probably well on your way to making some new friends. Uh, When I went to the scrapbooking retreat, I took my Sizzix machine and my dies. This was a long time ago, back when it was not very common to own a die cutting machine. And I was happy to share my dies and my cutting machine with other people. And quite a few people actually made a gold coin donation toward a new cutting plate, which I really did need at the end of the weekend. It was a great way to meet people and chat while they were cutting out the title for their layout. Definitely a conversation starter. Here's the thing. You may be all about being productive or you might be a social butterfly. Either way, it's important to remember that others may have a different goal than you. If you're trying to strike up a conversation and they are super engrossed in their project, then it's likely that they are in productivity mode trying to get as much done as possible. So perhaps start chatting to them at mealtimes instead of while they're working. And if you're on productivity mode, try not to get cross at those who are chatting and having a grand old time. They're clearly there for social. Pop in some headphones, crank up some music, put on a podcast, but don't be constantly shushing other people, it spoils their fun. If in doubt, ask the organiser where it would be appropriate to sit given your goals for the weekend. And most importantly, when it comes to craft retreats, have fun. Thanks so much for joining me in the craft room today. You can find links and other information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate that. I do hope you have a very crafty day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.